real familiar passage of scripture. Amen. Um, Psalms 34, verse 8. Amen. Real familiar passage of scripture. As a matter of fact, it was part of our liturgical reading today. Uh, Psalms 34, uh, verse 8. And I'm going to read uh, from the King James uh, Version of the Bible. The King James Version of the Bible. Thank God for uh, his word. Thank God for his word. We thank God for Brother Hill that's with us today. Amen. Amen. We thank God for him, for our drama today. Amen. Everything. Yeah, look at your name and say, it's all good. Amen. It's all good. The Astros about to win and go back to the World Series. And amen. 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 Somebody told me, uh, Pastor, we got out early last week and uh, we was wondering why we got out so early. And then it dawned on me that we had the Texans was playing, amen, the Saints last week. So you let us out early. Well, the Texans not playing at all this week. So we might be late today. I don't know. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. You got, do you have Psalms 34 and 8? Oh, let's read that together. One, two, three, go. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, try him. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about today. Try him. I don't know if you have been watching um, in the news um, world events of what is going on um, in Israel and um, Hamas the war that is taking place in that region. And we are uh, definitely praying for and standing with our Jewish brothers and sisters, amen, and praying that God will uh, take care of them and deliver them in this time of war while this disaster in their lives are taking Place. The very things that we take for granted, water, air, liberty, freedom, food, peace, a place to lay your head, drinking water. How many times have you turned on your faucet and just or uh, just went and got you a bottle of water. Y'all done got sedated now. Y'all don't drink out the y'all don't drink out the water holes like we used to. You remember back in the day growing up, you went outside, mama said you better go around and use that water hose. And somebody can testify that was the best water in the house, amen. But my point is you never ever thought about what could happen of what life would be like without these bare necessities. These people are dealing with disaster. And when disaster occurs, you can respond one of two ways. You can either turn to God and use that disaster as a way of entering into a new relationship with him that uh, is shaped by a fuller and a 
better understanding of God's nature and God's character. Calvary, we draw closer to God because of an unyielding ability to trust him and rely on him regardless of what we are facing. We draw closer to God because of an ability to believe God when believing God doesn't make sense. We can allow disaster to cause us to come closer to him or we can allow that disaster to make us turn from him and blame him for our troubles. There are even those who, depending on the severity of their situation, may even question the very existence of God, wondering if God is real and if he is just and true, how in the world can he allow me to go through what I'm going through? How will, does he allow me to deal with what I'm dealing with? Nobody understands. Oh, 
is formed, is fashioned, and is fortified during trouble. God proves his loyalty, his love, and his long-suffering in our moments of trouble. When people run from you in the moments of trouble, God stands with his arms outstretched saying, here I am. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. When people run away from you, God runs to you and says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When people are running away from the bullets, God is running to the bullets with his arms wide open and his arms outstretched and telling you, stand behind me because whatever hits me can't go through me and I've got you. I am your protection. Although you walk through the valley of death, God is with you. So let us not assume, Calvary, that the presence of trouble in the lives of a person means that that person is out of the will of God. No, 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 dear hearts. Sometimes God's will for you and me is to put us right smack down in the middle of trouble. Come here, Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, I don't want this bitter cup. As a matter of fact, I'm praying, let this bitter cup pass from me. It's bitter, it's heavy, it's stinky, it's nasty, it's lonely, I ain't got nobody else drinking out of it. Lord, take this bitter cup from me. They lie on me, they talking about me, they say I won't make it. Lord, take this bitter cup from me. The doctor's report is bad, my family's turned their backs on me, my friends ain't really my friends. Lord, take this bitter cup from me. Oh, but not my will. Because I understand you may have this bitter cup in my hand for a reason and for a season. Let me learn what I got to learn while the cup is in my hand. Because even if the cup is in my hand, I'm still in your hands. And as long as I'm in your hands, whatever's in my hand can't do no more than you will let it do. So long as you're in my, I'm in your hands, I wish I had somebody that knows you're in the master's hand that would give your neighbor a high five and say, regardless of what comes, I'm in God's hands. And I know he will take care of me. Stop running from the enemies. Stay right there. Because the Bible says he'll make a table. For you. In the presence of your enemies. Some of you wonder why you ain't got your table yet. Because you're trying to run from the folk God wants you to stand still in front of. So he can feed you right there in the presence of your enemies. Somebody holler, I'm in his hands. I'm in his hands. He puts us, sometimes he puts us, sometimes he puts us right smack in the middle of trouble. 
God is strategic about where he puts you and when he puts you where he puts you. <laughs> He's strategic about when he puts you, where he puts you. Sometimes trouble is in the middle of what you're going through. <laughs> and God said, I couldn't let you get in trouble in the beginning. Because if I let you get in trouble in the beginning, you never would have kept going. But what I did is I let you get in the middle. And then I sent trouble your way. Because when you are in the middle, you are as close to the end as you are to the beginning. You ain't got it yet. When you're in the middle, you're as close to your finish as you are to your start. If, when you are in the middle, you're as, as close to getting there as you are from leaving there. When you're in the middle, you, 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 you look at it. And no matter if you look back or if you look forward, it's the same distance no matter which way you go. God says, I know if I give you trouble too early, you won't make it to the destination that I placed in front of you. So what I'm going to do is wait till you get to the middle. Then I'm going to let trouble show up. Because I know you got enough sense to know that if trouble shows up in the middle, if I turn around, it's going to take me the same amount of time to get back where I was that it's going to take me to get to where I'm going. And this trouble that, I'm, that I got with me, it ain't going to leave me alone because I turn around. So what I've decided is I'm going to kill your head and keep moving forward. I wish I had about five people who are in the middle of some trouble that would just wave at a pastor and say, I understand what you're saying. And I've made up in my mind that I'm going to keep moving forward because I'm just as close to the end as I am to the beginning. So devil, if you're going to stop me, you're going to have to stop me going forward. You ain't going to stop me going backwards because I'm too close to my journey's end. So trouble does not identify those who are with God and those who are without God. Because David was a man after God's own heart. He didn't do a trouble. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were the fathers of the faith. They endured trouble. Daniel in the trouble in the lion's den. The Hebrew boys endured the trouble of the fiery furnace. Trouble can be a product of God's hand in your life. Something that God places for you to go through at this particular moment in this particular season that has been assigned to your situation. Yeah, Calvary, some trouble has been assigned to you. I knew it was going to get quiet right there because none of us want to deal with trouble. But there's some trouble that's assigned to you. You can lay in your bed with your head under the covers 
and act like the world has stopped revolving. But guess what? When you get up, because you got to get up, when you wake up, because you can't sleep forever, when you sit up, when you look up, and when you stand up, the same trouble that you didn't want to deal with before is still going to be there. But what you and I have to learn how to do is when facing trouble, just have a little talk with Jesus and say, Lord, I know you made me and you know all about me. You know I don't really want to go through what I'm going through, but Lord, if you be for me, then who can be against me? And if you hold my hand, everything will be all right. So come on in here, Lord. Let's go in here and brush my teeth and wipe the crust out my eyes. Let's go in here and, and put on my finest suit and put on my best, my newly shined shoes and go out and face this mean, cruel world. People who talk about me and lie on me. Folk that don't want you to succeed. People who told you you never make anything out of yourself and tell them I got somebody that's on my side that told me if I don't give up, everything will be all right. Somebody shout yes. God does assign you trouble. He gives us a, design, a divine assignment which will elevate us to our divine destiny. Your trouble can't stop you from where God is taking you. It only prepares you for where God is taking you. Because somebody can testify, the higher that you get in God, the more that you learn about God, the more opportunities show up for you to prove that which you say you learned. When you wasn't singing in the choir, didn't nobody bother you. When, 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 when you wasn't trying to be a part of the ministry, wasn't nobody saying anything to you. But as soon as God starts using you, Folks start trying you. <laughs> and I know some of y'all got that t-shirt, try Jesus, not me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you walk in with Jesus, they gonna try you to see if you really walk in with Jesus. So maybe we need to print a new t-shirt that says, try Jesus, try me, I'll show you Jesus, or something like that. Not send you to Jesus. Some of y'all be ready to send some folk to Jesus. Now, show them Jesus in the life in which we live. 
Because the moment you start singing, somebody's going to start trying. The moment you start standing at the door as an usher, knowing that your responsibility requires you to smile. Somebody's going to walk in with the intentions of making you frown. Look at your neighbor and say, they're going to try you. God gives us divine assignments that will elevate us to divine destiny. He says, I reign on the just as well as an unjust. That's an assignment. Paul and Silas in the Philippi jail. That's an assignment. Jesus being tempted by the devil. That's an assignment. The three Hebrew boys in the fire. That was an assignment. Daniel in the den with the lions. That was an assignment. Look at your neighbor and tell him I got an assignment. Something that God has prepared for me. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually so in other words, no matter what I'm going through, no matter where I am, no matter what's happening in my life, I will bless the Lord. I will tell the Lord, thank you. His praises shall continuously be in my David says, even though you go through difficulties in your life, don't dare forget to remember that God is good. Somebody holler, God is good. Somebody holler, God is good. Somebody holler, God is good. Your situation may not be good, but God is good. Your predicament may not be good, but God is good. You've been dealing with some stuff that has not been good for you, but God has been good to you. I wish I had about six cousins in here that could give God a 10-second hand clap of praise because God is good. God has allowed you to face some difficulties and has caused you to walk with him to be, and caused your walk with him to be filled with doubt. While you're doubting, your worship begins to waver and your heart begins to break. And before you know it, you find yourself questioning the goodness suffering. 
But just know that our suffering is working for our good. First Peter 5 and 10 says, And the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you. Look at somebody and say, God is restoring me. He will make you strong, firm, and steadfast. David said, I sought the Lord. And he heard me. Ain't that good news? I called on the Lord. And he heard me. I called his name. And out of all the voices calling his name, he did not Oh, confuse my voice with your voice. He heard me and then he delivered me from all of my fears. Look at somebody and tell them I'm not scared anymore because God delivered me from the fears of my failures. Yeah, David says, seek him. I was going through it and I called the Lord to get me out of it. Even though I was going through it, I always believed and even expected God to bring me out. So I invited him in to what I was in because I didn't want what I was in to get in me. You missed that. I invited God in to what I was in because I didn't want what I was in to get in me. So I had to invite God in to what I was in so God could get in me so that what I was in wouldn't have power over me. But the one that was in me had power over what I was in. I wish I had about 10 folk who've invited God in to what you're in so what you're in won't get in you. That's why you can still worship with the hell you're going through. That's why you can still lift your hands with all of the problems that you're dealing with. That's why you can put your hands together and give God some praise because what you were in didn't get in you. So while you were in it, you were singing, oh, how precious is the name of Jesus. You were singing, he's sweet. I know strong wind. Somebody holler. I didn't let what was in, what I was in, get in me. God is still good. Verse 5 says, they looked unto him. Who looked? The humble looked. The downtrodden looked. The brokenhearted looked. The left out looked. And the left back looked. The lied on, the mistreated, the abused, and the forsaken. They looked. And I wonder, is there anybody here that can testify on this day and help me preach this little sermon by testifying there have been times in your life when all you could do was look unto the Lord because crying didn't change it. Whining and complaining did not change it. The only thing you knew to do was to look unto him. 
And David says, the ones that look to the Lord will shine and never be put to shame. That's why some of you give praise like you do. Because you don't look like what you've been through. Why? Because the Lord is causing you to shine. I wish you'd give your neighbor a high five and say, neighbor, you have no idea what I've been through because I don't look like what I've been through because while I was going through it, I learned how to look unto him and he put a shine on my life that's confusing you. You think I got it all together. I ain't got it all together. It's just that he shine it on me. I look like everything is all right, but it ain't all all right. But I'm giving God praise right now because he's shining on me. We sing a song that says shine on me. Let your light from the lighthouse shine on me. Do I have about 13 cousins in here that don't mind putting your hand together and saying I don't look like what I've been through because God has been shining on me. God has been walking with me. God has been talking with me. And I'm so glad that verse 7 says the suffering person cries out and the Lord listens and saves him because somebody in here can testify the reason you praise him like you do is because when you were in trouble, you cried out and the Lord listened to you and he saved you from every trouble. Is there anybody in here that can help me preach this little message and give God some praise? Because when you were suffering, you didn't know what else to do, but you turned and you talked it over with Jesus and he worked it out. If you're not too mean, find your three people. Give them a quick high five. Say, neighbor, you don't know like I know where the Lord has brought me from. I was suffering, I was sinking, but I cried out and God picked me up and God turned me around and God healed my body, my mind, and my soul. And I love this part. That even says, oh taste, oh taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, David says, try him for yourself. Try him and you'll find out that the Lord is good. I don't expect you to shout for what the Lord did for me, but I promise if you try him, what he did for one, he'll do for another. Do I have a witness here? Is there anybody here 
They ain't afraid to testify. I stand on my feet because I tried the Lord and he showed up right on time. I lift my hands because I tried the Lord and he walked in right in the nick of time. I tried him. I tried him. I tried him. And he made a way. Shout yes. 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 Any alright. Any alright. Any alright. Any good. Won't he walk with you? Testify, I tried it, and he 